and welcome back to Butter With That, a movie podcast hosted by a couple of your favorite people from Philadelphia, just talking about a bunch of really cool and interesting movies. And we, of course, are on the Movie John Network. What's up? With a bunch of other really interesting and fantastic podcasts that you should take a listen to. Um, we are starting a brand new theme. Woo-woo. Uh, since we're starting to get into the holiday-esque season, uh, we are going with a, <laughs> a family and fighting theme. And I could not be happier. This is <laughs> something that is re- really weird, but also very great. Um, my pick I- for... Go ahead. I feel so vindicated by this theme because I remember when I proposed food and family as our very first November theme three years ago, there was some heckling, there was some, some jokes made at my expense and we did the theme and I thought it turned out great. And then I'm very happy we're returning to blank and family theme for November again. I should play that dashboard confessional song vindicated for you. A little Spider-Man two in the mix. Oh, Okay, so yes, thank you, Connor, for giving us the template for (laughs) family inviting. So my pick for this week is Warrior. But before we get into all of that great stuff, how's everybody doing? Doing good. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Love it. Wow, all right. I uh, I finally finished Squid Game as of this recording. I feel like a little late to the party. Watched a few episodes here or there over the course of like three weeks. Um, really enjoyed it. Thought the ending was pretty strong. Definitely a series I would recommend. I hope they don't do a sequel. I don't think they are. It feels pretty like one and done. And if they were to go, I guess, if go back to that world, um, there's other interesting stories you could tell. Uh, I just hope they don't do the... We're doing the Squid Games again with a new cast of characters and the several returning faces. Like, I don't want to see that. I thought the story concluded pretty neatly. Um, so definitely recommend something that millions and millions of other people have watched and recommended. So not a very insightful opinion, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed the ride. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. I just want to say um, I saw Halloween Kills. I already talked to everybody about this in the group. You said chat. it was the worst movie you've ever seen. It. It's very close. Very close. Um, I don't understand. I just feel I need to remind listeners that we did cover the movie Food Fight at one point, (laughs) just to be clear. It's it's so bad. Like, there's barely any other way I can explain this movie other than trash. It's trash. Has anyone else here seen it? No, but I really want to see it because you're so fervent about it. That's why I want to see it, actually, at this point. It... Every opportunity they could have had, like a good film, they just went the opposite direction. And you know what? Whatever, I guess. But I will. I will at least listen to the soundtrack because John Carpenter came back to do the soundtrack again, mm. and I think 2018's Halloween has like one of the best soundtracks in the past like decade for a film. So at least the soundtrack, I assume, is is great. And I'll go back and, and I'll go and check out. Sure, I guess. Um, but moving on from something that was utter garbage to something that was not at all. Um, so first movie of our family and fighting is 2011's Warrior directed by Gavin O'Connor screenplay by Gavin O'Connor, Cliff Dorman and Anthony Timbakis starring Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, Nick Nolte, Jennifer Morrison, Frank Grillo, and a few other people. Um, this movie had a relatively small budget, $25 million, and uh, at the box office, $23.3 million. So I would say a box office flop. However, when you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you look at the critic score and audience score, it's pretty high mark. So I guess this is a movie that has gotten like a like a fan cult following after the fact, which, you know, I always love when we discover movies like that. Um, So real quick, what is this movie about? I stole this from Rotten Tomatoes, so don't give me any credit. Um, An estranged family finds redemption in the unlikeliest of places, the MMA ring. Tommy, an ex-Marine with a tragic past, returns home and enlists his father, a recovering alcoholic and former wrestling coach, to train him for Sparta, the biggest MMA tournament ever held. 
But when Tommy's underdog brother, Brendan, fights his way into the tournament, the two brothers must finally confront each other and the forces that pulled them apart. (laughs) So um, it's my understanding that it is everybody's first time watching this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So first impressions, thoughts, what do you think? I, this, I think this movie was a reminder that I pretty much anything that Joel Edgerton is in is going to be guaranteed to be good. Like he surprisingly, I had never really known about him until maybe the past like three years. But as I've been watching a lot more movies with him, He's such a good actor. And I think this movie um, has really some fine performances. By Like, as I was watching it, it felt like there's definitely some predictable beats throughout the movie. Okay, like, as a lot of fighting and sports movies do, you kind of go through some pretty predictable, for lack of a better term, I would say it's just sort of uh, following a narrative that a lot of these movies have in common. But I think that re- really elevates this movie are the really, really good performances. Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, woo-woo, you are awesome. I think Nick Nolte was was really good, too. So um, it was definitely fun watching all of them literally duke it out. Yeah, I have to ag- agree with Christine there. I thought this movie was incredibly amazing. Uh, I really knew nothing going in other than Sam was a huge fan and seemed, you know, we are kind of doing this theme, I think, largely because of Warrior. And you wanted to talk about this movie, which is awesome. And it also opens and closes with two of my favorite songs by The National of all time that are used incredibly effectively. And so, like, right away, I was I was hooked. Um, I think the characters are, are interesting. I have some questions about, like, structurally, how to, like, protagonists work. And, like, so this movie, I thought, was, like, operating on lots of really cool levels. Um, it also features Atlantic City, Philadelphia, not filmed in Philadelphia, um, but just some like interesting things that are, you know, kind of neat, you know, near related to me. Um, I thought the fighting was fantastic. Um, and I thought Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton played really well, kind of off of each other, even though they don't share a lot of screen time together. Uh, but sort of as I think it's really, I really enjoyed seeing the path that these two brothers uh, go on. And it's a fighting film that I think embraces a lot of stereotypes in fighting based movie, like you know, MMA boxing, but it feels incredibly sincere and it doesn't feel tropey when it, and it, maybe the hands of a different writer or director could be. And so I just thought through and through this movie was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, Sam, you, uh, you were very enthused about this movie and I, uh, I, I, as Connor mentioned, I understand that this was, uh, this, this was sort of the, the, the introduction of this theme to us as a group and, uh, having not seen it and having read its synopsis and seen this trailer, I thought, okay, we'll see. I will say going into all this that I'm not someone who's drawn into, um, I'm not like a fan of like boxing, MMA, in general, or like the reality of that, or, or how it's captured or portrayed in film, uh, just because I'm not really drawn to those kind of stories, because it's not really my kind of thing. I, I I don't have any judgments about it. It's just not my vibe. But then also, when going to start it, found out that it was a PG-13 movie that was two hours and 20 minutes. And then was like, oh, boy. Um, so I popped it on. Uh, and then within about 15 minutes, started really feeling this movie's hooks getting in. Uh, I went to just kind of like feel it out, see it through. Uh, and I found that by the end, it was a, a pretty captivating and devastating and dynamic journey that in spite of covering some like familiar territory in sports drama that we've we've already alluded to, did so in a way that feels so lived in and authentic, especially as brought to life by the tremendous performances by everyone in this film. Um, I think it's, it's stylization as far as like this, this transfer, like you can see the film grain. This is obviously shot on film and it feels like a shot on film uh, in a really cool way. And by the end uh, was just on my couch, like, bawling my eyes out so i i had to say i was really uh, no pun intended this movie is a real knockout and i really 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 enjoyed it and i'm really looking forward to talking about it god i'm so relieved (laughs) when i suggested this i was i was 
so excited, but also really dreading the fact that like, what if everybody hates it? And um, in the group chat, and then Dave, when you texted me on the side to be like, yeah, this movie is good. I was like, woo. <laughs> I was a big relief because I have forced almost every single person in my life to watch this movie. And this is like a relatively new movie to me. I think I put it on, I don't know what made me think about it, but I rented it and then was like, oh, cool. So this movie is now integral to whatever I am as a human being. Like now I would put this like all the way up there with Big Fish and with the mummy. Um, and and it, what's crazy is I almost don't know why. I mean, I, I do, but the fact that it has like spellbounded me so quickly is really, really unusual. So I think like for me, what makes this possible is, as we've said, the a truly incredible dynamic performances. So it is definitely a very, very character-driven movie. Um, a lot of heart and always, you know, Dave, you always say this, but I love me a good family film. So um, this was definitely right up my alley. So the three distinct characters we have, we have Nick Nolte as Patty Conlin. He's the father of... Tommy and Brendan and Brendan's Joel Edgerton. Um, he's the older brother and Tom Hardy plays Tommy. Now Tommy and his mother uh, left Patty and Brendan, I think when Tommy was 14. So um, Tommy has spent almost as much time apart from his father and Brendan as he did with them. So it creates really an estrangement and an interesting dynamic between, for for me, truly the brothers. I think that's what it really comes down to. But um, I wanted to start this off with, um, you know, my favorite character is the character that uh, I, I related to nearly immediately, which is Tommy. And um, how did you all feel about Tommy as a character? Um, I think that Tom Hardy has like, very little lines and it's really all like physical acting but like man he says so much with little uh i think it's not unusual for us to see tom hardy play a role without a lot of dialogue uh, not only obviously what springs to mind uh fury road but other films because he does have such a he is so physically expressive as an actor um and I think that's to his his credit across the board, but also also specifically in this film, because though I love Tom Hardy and do admire his acting on those on those terms, I think his accents are generally pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So not giving him a lot of lines is probably a good call. But also <laughs> they give him just enough to say that it expresses the interiority of this character while him still being standoffish, which really works. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that about accents because one, he's acknowledged it before that he's not very good. Um, and two, no one's accent was good. No, no one. So this is a film that actually takes place in Pennsylvania. Um, we have the family originating from Pittsburgh and then Brendan lives um, as an adult in Philadelphia. As people who live in Philadelphia, um, I can tell you that the accents I heard were not it. Um, Come and, on, take just a sip of water. Just a sip of water. <laughs> oh gosh, um, but that we can forgive that. Well, I gotta say, yeah. um, my my boy Joel, he's Australian, and I didn't know that until very recently because most of the characters I've seen him play are American, like uh, or West. He's like in some Western, like he's done like like a southern accent or like western anyhow i yeah his i thought his accent was was decent or at least it didn't sound australian he was hiding an australian accent yeah better at it than hardy is maybe in this film at least it's just basic and if you're gonna do it fine that's totally fine we don't need the particular accents I, at least i don't um Things that did bother me, though, is like clearly they didn't know the distance between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. 
Um, there's this one scene where um, Patty and Brendan are talking outside of Brendan's house. And he just came from Pittsburgh to talk to Brendan about, uh, you know, celebrating his 1000 days um, clean and then celebrating the fact that Tommy's back and everything else. And it's like that uh, that's not a day trip. That's that's quite a distance. Um, it's literally one end of the state to the other. So um, that that made me laugh a little bit. There are a couple of things throughout this movie I, I imagine we're going to touch on that. The, I think this is a movie that is like, it's astonishingly a melodrama, but doesn't feel like one because it's so authentic or, or feels so authentic and lived in, which is really impressive because a lot of its story beats are very melodramatic, but but it convinces you of it the whole time. Um, but there are definitely some holes in the logic of the film, especially towards the end that I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Like I love this movie, but it's not a perfect film, right? There's always something that could be a little bit better, but you know, this movie is primarily focused on the brothers and I just want to talk about their relationship a little bit more. Um, Christine, you've talked about Joel and his performance and I mentioned Tom Hardy. What did we think about their relationship as brothers? Um, did it really feel like it had been so much time in between them? Is it believable that they would have no contact for 14 years? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, in the face of all sorts of things, you know, especially poverty and sickness and domestic abuse, families spiral uh, out of contact every day. Um, so I, I don't think it's entirely outside the realm of possibility. It's a bit melodramatic, again, in the way that it's handled, but handled with authenticity because that is in spite of the melodrama of the specific scenarios that the film sets forth, especially toward the end. Um, you know, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not, not reality. And it does, it feels like a lived in reality in that way. What I like about the way the movie unfolds the familial relationships is that it kind of withholds some details as far as like what's the underlying tension um, like between brother and brother, between son and father. And so over the course of the movie, you're not only watching events happen that are moving forward, but the movie is peeling back the layers of like, really what is at the heart of the, the sibling rivalry and resent like underlying boiling resentment. Uh, and I thought, I thought that was a really effective way to keep you invested in both brothers' story, in everyone's story, father and sons, and also building it up to the moment when you really know that, I mean, that the two brothers are going to fight. It's like on the fucking poster. You know, you're like, there's no way that this is not going to happen by the end. But I think the movie, I think, is aware of the fact that it is, as Dave said, hitting some familiar beats, but by adding on the complexity of really, you know, the fact that Joel Edgerton, what's his, it's uh, Brendan. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that Brendan always felt like Tommy was the favorite and received the, the praise and the coaching focus of the father and that he really felt overshadowed by the talent or the supposed talent of Tom that Tommy had growing up and all that stuff. So you, you, you slowly build piece that together. Cause at the beginning of the movie, you're kind of like, wait, what's everyone's deal? Why is everyone so angry? And then it, it yeah, it, it really builds nicely. Yeah. My roommate was like, what's his problem uh, to Tommy when he was talking about his dad or talking to his dad in so many different ways. She was like, can he just not do that? And I, I had to like literally shut my mouth because I was like, oh God, there's just so much here. Right. So, you know, Patty was um, an alcoholic. We get hints that he was an abusive husband, perhaps an abusive father. Um, Tommy and his mother leave. His mother gets sick, doesn't have health care. So he has to take care of her as he's sick and watch her die and like not be able to do anything. Then he goes and joins the Marines, finds brotherhood there. And um, he and his best friend are victims of a friendly fire bombing and everybody dies except for him. 
So the survivor guilt there, like, good Lord, just pack on the bricks there. And Dave, maybe that's kind of what you're speaking about with the the melodrama there. <laughs> that is when it starts to feel a little bit like melodrama a bit. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's, that's something that could, you know, uh, yeah. So people have had that experience. Or, yeah. or not that ex- exact experience, but people have suffered that ki- that kind of trauma. It's not it's not a southern possibility. It's just it's heaping a lot on one character. Yeah, that so that's the thing. I feel like the movie didn't believe itself enough that like just having the familial tension drama could propel a movie forward and make you invested in this character. It almost felt like the writers were like, "Well, we need something." additionally extremely traumatic to happen to Tommy. Well, it it's also important. Like the reason that that's important as we come to discover is that he feels a sense of obligation to his one friend who was killed in that friendly fire incident, which is why he's interested in pursuing this to make all this money to give to her, which is ultimately entirely unresolved, but it is his governing motivation, which is why it is important in the structural sense, albeit very melodramatic and perhaps a bit too much. Yeah. And they have to set up you like, you know, what brother's going to win. Right. You, you know, because well, especially when. Oh, my God. OK, well, wait, uh, OK, I got to get into a logic crack here. So at the obviously spoilers, uh, it's it's the last match. It's 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 brother against brother, which like the whole time we know it's going to be that because the movie is advertised as that. Um <laughs> But that doesn't take away from some of the other fights, especially uh, Edgerton, um, Brendan's fights, which are really captivating because obviously Tommy is more of like a a punch and jab and get out of there quickly fighter. And Brendan is willing to like take the punishment to look for a point of weakness and access, which is the difference of their training and personalities. It's really dynamic in that way. But then in the end, when ultimately it's the two of them squaring off, suddenly it's revealed that the United States military has accidentally bombed an entire unit uh, within the war in Iraq and then admitted it. Yeah, right. It on ESPN coverage. So like everyone is like, all right, stop the MMA match. If you want to switch over to cable news, because what the fuck is going on? But at any rate, even aside from that, when the military police show up to arrest him, there's still the one more fight to go. And they're like, well, go ahead. It's like, well, then obviously he's going to lose. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, that's so good. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things, too. Like, though, that is ridiculous, objectively. <laughs> it doesn't subjectively take away from my experience with this movie because it is so much about these two characters and that big fight at the end, which I'm sure we're going to dive into at some point, but... Man, oh man, what a way to end an already emotionally turbulent movie built around very believable and authentic characters in an albeit overtread narrative. Yeah, just the idea that Tommy could go to jail. It's like, oh, he's- And then like, what happens to that lady's family? It's he's like, it's just like, she's on the news to be like, yeah, he's a great guy. He's trying to help us out. Uh, Also, my husband was part of a US war crime against themselves, just in case you haven't heard. Uh, but then that storyline is kind of just like dropped at the end when all of it resolves. I don't know. I thought the movie was going to have some sort of additional news. I thought there was going to be a stinger or something where it was like, oh, Brendan Con- Conlon announces he's splitting his earnings. Giving half over. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, it's definitely I'm glad not, it's not there, <laughs> but it would have been nice at the same time. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. 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 So, right. So the movie, it is what it is. It participates in the cliches that it does, but I think that overall it executes them well. Yes. Maybe it leaves us going, but why? Um, but like, ultimately it's so character driven that that's, those are the biggest points. Um, one, one part that I think really stood out an aspect of the film, you know, we're kind of talking about the fighting. So I think it's a good time to bring up of, revealing character through physicality. I think this movie does incredibly well. Tom Hardy, I kind of view him as like a force of nature. Yeah. Like he is like, like what's the inciting incident of the film? And I think one answer is him arriving, like him kind of showing up out of the blue after all the, you know, after what, 14 or 15 years, like decade and a half. The inciting incident, what, two minutes into the movie, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if like, but it, it, 
I don't know if that's the exact answer, but it just feels like he's just like this force of nature who's rolled into town and it's going to upend people's lives. The way that he wins fights is like seconds and knockout. And then instead of like the ceremony of, oh, you raised the glove to win, like he just like just leave, leaves the ring. That um, is one other head. thing too, which is like, this is very nitpicky. I know, again, I'm not attracted to MMA or like physical fighting sports spectacle. But one thing that I did discover in my research is that like, if someone were to storm out, albeit that being like a big characterization moment for him, he's just like, I'm not about this fame. I'm not about, it's about getting this done because I'm a good fighter and I have this objective. That that wouldn't be an officially ruled fight unless the referee raises the fighter's hand in victory in MMA. <laughs> and it's 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 like, it's nitpicky, but like they get every other detail right as as far as other MMA fans have commented about this film, except for that. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think that's worth it as a character moment. I, I think I, that's I totally. Then I think on the other side with uh, Brendan, Joel Edgerton's character, very technical fighter. And so I think it shows like Tom Hardy is this brute strength when Joel Edgerton is the underdog. I think this is a really great underdog story. Um, he literally calls himself an underdog <laughs> several times to a few characters. Um, but how he can win these fights technically and you know he has the, the training to be able to do that. Frank Grillo has a great kind of supporting role. Uh, he was Crossbones in awesome, uh, yeah. the, the MCU. Crossbones is like, for no reason, one of my favorite side characters in Marvel, just for no particular reason. But so I was like, oh, it's Frank Grillo. He's an, that's his trainer who has them like, you know, they listen to classical music, to Mozart as like, that's kind of like the flow of how it works. Like it's not about just beating people to a pulp, but the technicality and remaining calm under pressure. And so I thought we'd learn a lot about these characters through their physicality. Um, this movie could have there's a version of this movie that feels like a play where people are talking at each other and then the fights kind of feel like stagey. Um, but I feel like there was a lot of investment in how are these fights going to work? What are we learning about these characters through these fights um, and ratcheting up the stakes as this Sparta, the Spartan tournament uh, with a $5 million cash prize. This you know, one fight, you know, two fights a night, you're out, you lose kind of set up. And so I just really appreciated the different ways that we learn about these characters. We don't see flashbacks. There's no like, so I think it sticks to like very interesting ways to reveal character in exposition. Like Christine pointed out how we kind of peel back the kind of relationship. Like Tommy seems very crass to his father. Like, oh, he's sober, but he's trying to get him to drink. He makes these kind of like offhand remarks about abuse. And you're like, well, is, are you just hurting him? Or are these act like, you're not quite sure in the first, you know, couple minutes of the movie what the reality is and so i think peeling back those layers of the family learning about these characters through their actions i think is what helps add to this movie's dynamicness when otherwise it could feel very flat god that's such a good point the best i had to offer was like it reminds me of rocky three um <laughs> with uh tommy being like mr t who's just like a, a like a knockout and done and doesn't really have the stamina to go all of the rounds, whereas Rocky does. So that would be more like Brendan shtick. So I love all the different ways we can interpret this. Um, since we're talking about this ending fight, it's brutal. It's brutal. And do you like the fight? Do you like the ending? Did the Wright brother win? The brother that was going to win, well, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is hard to explain i guess i mean obviously as i mentioned before we know what brother's going to win because of the circumstance because one mm -hmm. of those about to be arrested yeah. um and tommy's tommy's whole thing with um with his military deployment and record and uh desertion is is thrust in here and there but it's relatively underbaked by comparison to brendan uh and his family dynamic and the necessity for the money and everything so it, it does feel pretty clear how that's going to shake out. Um, that being said, like it's it's shocking to watch how it's staged, like especially when Tommy, who as we discussed, is like someone who will pound his way through an opponent until they're pounded into submission. And Brendan's approach is more technical and like nuanced in terms of like knowing how to take a beating and then take advantage of like gaps within that and everything. Uh, and then when he dislocates Tommy's shoulder. It's kind of when we know that the fight is over, but the film still dedicates itself to another like six minutes, like another round where Tommy is just so broken. 
His, his trainer, his father isn't there because they've had this huge whole blowout, which, which I'd like to return to at some point, but um, he's, he's just alone and is, is going to be arrested. And you just see him sort of like sobbing to himself almost in fr- not, not out of self pity, but frustration as he has this dislocated shoulder over in the ring where he doesn't have a coach as opposed to Brendan, who is getting like talked up. And that could be a moment that is really cold and really like you, you over sympathize with Tommy in that moment, but it's so well balanced because Brendan comes out and like he, his coach keeps shouting, lift up your hands. Come on. You got to You got to finish him. And he's just like, I don't know if I can do this because it's just such a broken moment between them acknowledging the, t- the two of them acknowledging their responsibility to each other after years of neglect to one another in an extremely complicated familial relationship that has now literally come to blows at a time when Tommy is, is at a huge disadvantage within the MMA. Like they're not going to call that fight. If you got a dislocated shoulder, which I do think is fucked up, but at any rate, but seeing Tommy just continue on through this like force of will and Brendan sort of trying to offer to him, look, it doesn't have to be this way. It's okay. Uh, is is so horrifyingly grueling in such a, a brilliant and impactful way, especially when set to, you know, the national. If you're going to give me these characters and a national song, I'm going to cry, damn it. That's not fair. But yeah, it's a hell of an ending um, that I, I found to be, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the movie up to then, but that's what sold it. And if you're going to ratchet it up to 11... Like that's the motions and the heightened and the melodrama. It's to do it in the last five minutes. That's the like, that's the time if you're like, cause the movie's pretty reserved. Like there's, I don't know if reserve is the right word, but it doesn't lean into those melodramatic, like big, huge room clearing emotions. But when you're well, going to do for it, Nick Nolte's freak out the one time, but we'll, get, we'll get back to that, I guess. But at least between our two, our two protagonists, you know, really, um, if you're going to have this moment build up, like it's like that's when you deliver the pay, the emotional payload. When he, right, he says like I love you, I, you know, all these things as he's like wailing on them, and like you can just feel the like. Now I'm getting chills like thinking about talking about it. Um, you feel these like, you know, Dave, as you said, these emotional tensions like really brought literal to literal blows. That's when you go hit hard with the emotions and the melodrama. Like that's when you really. By, you know, hone in on it and blow that up as big as you can. Yeah. I, I also felt like for a movie that you pretty much could could predict in the ways it was going, the moment that that final fight was essentially called for Brendan, not officially, but you know that he's, there's no way Tommy can win. I felt like the final blows of the fight were the most unpredictable. Like that was actually a turning point when I really didn't know what action would follow. I knew ultimately there's no way Tommy could win, but I had no idea what this like moment of reconciliation would really look like. And I honestly was surprised at every blow, like watching Brendan still throwing punches at his brother with, I love you. Like, and I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so I felt like the movie was the most unpredictably uh, moving in those moments when it was the most predictable outcome, if if that makes sense. Definitely. And especially in the way it's vocalized in those moments, which is like and, and all the build up because of like these two characters dynamics up until that that point is, you know, Tommy is. Tommy, Tommy really hates Brendan and he hates his father. He's a very angry person and not without good cause for the most part. And it's just swinging because it's all he has and ultimately has to be choked out by his brother while he's saying, look, look, you have to surrender to my love. I'm fighting you with my love right now. It has to be okay. Or you're going to kill yourself right now. And that's when he taps out. Uh Yeah. It's really when he says, I love you that he finally says, okay. Like, I can let this go. And it's such a smart, like, the movie's not about the final fight. The movie is about the relationship between these two brothers. And so it's not really concerned with spoiling who's going to win. It's concerned with how are these brothers going to, going to or not going to reconcile. And so that's like when your writers, directors, produce, like when you know what your emotional heart is, when you know what the themes are, and you just, at the last, you know, in the big climax, you drill into the, 
emotional point of the movie, not necessarily focusing on just the plot mechanics of what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the the movie, the actors, they acted their asses off in this movie. Uh, Nick Nolte's role was actually written for him. And, and Nolte, man. Yeah, I did want to talk about him. Go ahead. Like, oh. let's talk about this. So uh, his performance breaks my heart the whole time. And, you know, there are, there are certain times where you're like, oh, I could see that you were a bastard. Like, I can see that. But it's also people change. People recognize how wrong they were. And, you know, they don't deserve to be treated terribly forever. Right. Like anger is valid. I'm someone who had a lot of anger for a very long time and then started the healing process, which also took a very long time. So I know that it's it's not something overnight for Tommy, even for Brendan. Um, But a lot of the reviews that I read about this movie talked about unconditional love and. I I really enjoy that perspective of how family can be uh, unconditional love. And I think that exists in some ways, but I also wanted to push back on that a little bit and, and think about, is it unconditional love or duty and what people feel responsible for? And I think that the, the line here comes between this brother to brother and um, son to father. So what do you think? That's that's such a great question, Sam. And I don't I don't know if I have like a, a great answer to it, but that's definitely I think what the movie's working with, you know, duty versus you know, responsibility. I think I was kind of surprised at how it seems like Brendan has a relatively healthy handle on how to like work with his father. Um, like it seems like clear boundaries have been set that have generally been respected until Tommy comes in and then upsets the status quo of their lives. When he's like, oh, you, you know, there's two ways you can talk to me by you know, postage or by the phone. Um, and so I think he's at a, you know, putting himself at an emotional distance, which is probably best for him. That's kind of just like what I was thinking of. Like, I don't know if this is the healthiest relationship to have with like a parental figure, but Brendan at least seems at peace with the status quo of their relationship um, versus Tommy, who just like cut out fully and then kind of reimmerse himself back in the old home, back in a lot of the routines um, that he was familiar with growing up. So yeah, I don't I don't know if that quite answered your question, but I feel like that was, you know, thinking about relationships and what duties they have to each other and how family members entering your lives can really cause chaos um, in unpredictable ways. Yeah, I think as regards unconditional love in this this particular circumstance with these family members, I think boundaries are perfectly acceptable given uh what these uh these two brothers have suffered under their father and uh the resulting trauma afflicting their mother and uh, how it divided the family. Yeah, I think uh, an abused child has a, has a right to uh, decide whether or not the, a parent is part of their lives. Um, but that having been said, I'm glad the w- this movie shakes out the way that it does for those characters because it doesn't feel wholly resolved for anyone, I don't think. There are still always going to be those skeletons in their closet and those hills that they have to climb together in order to rebuild a sense of connection and uh and and sentimentality for one another especially after a life a lifetime of separate versions of the trauma of the family fallout uh for those two brothers so uh, i think that's what where nick nolte's character becomes really interesting because uh you know i'm used to nolte you know screaming and raving i I, i'm a nick nolte fan i love him he's been in tons of movies and he's always nick nolte god damn it he's always shouting about something Uh, but in this he's 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 playing it very small. He's really humbled in this part. And is really like, uh, like, especially in his, his confronting, uh, Brendan on the lawn at night. It's such a heartbreaking scene. And, um, not because Brendan is cruel about it. He's got appropriate boundaries as we've discussed, but just seeing Nolte softly break down and stammer and like, uh, stumble with his words and become overwrought with emotion without yelling in the way that I'm so used to Nick Nolte doing is really disarming and really, really smart. Uh, there's also the scenes uh, where he meets uh, Tommy in the the casino where Tommy pretty much dismisses him outright, says like, look, you've gotten me this far and fuck you. As far as the tournament's concerned, like go go listen to your little, uh, what is it? Your little like sea stories. Cause he happens to be listening to Moby Dick, the audiobook. book. Um, 
And then we return to, you know, Tommy finds him in the hotel. He's drunk and raving. And then we get the, the Nick Nolte I'm used to, where it's a, you goddamn son of a bitch, turn the boats around. And it's like, you know, it's a little melodramatic. It's It makes sense because, like, he's going for the Oscar nomination. He got an Oscar nomination but didn't win it. I think he deserved it, actually. But I do think that scene is one that in particular dives into the melodrama where I would have more appreciated, given his character up to then, and his, his playing a small performance if Tommy returned to the hotel room, we find all the bottles, everything, and he's just kind of murmuring that almost like in a drunken, almost like sleep state with the headphones on or something. And then Tommy cradles him because then it doesn't need this emotional blowout, which is what Tommy was so upset by in his childhood. So like, I, I don't know, like it's a mixed bag. I, I understand functionally how the scene works, but I would have preferred more nuance. Yeah, and you know, I think that this scene in particular really goes to the central question of duty or unconditional love because mm-hmm. I think that this scene shows trauma response and duty rather than love. I think that as someone speaking from experience and being confronted with the the primary, like the catalyst of your trauma, being confronted after not having dealt with it for so long, um, puts you right back in the moment. And I think that, oh, you can interpret this as this is what Tommy knows his father by. This is how Tommy has treated his father before he has found him this way. And um, nothing looked new. It felt like a practice approach. And it broke my heart for, for both of them. Because, you know, there's... There's the child who's been impacted by their father being an alcoholic, being abusive, but there's also the other end of the alcoholic and the abuser of becoming sober and recognizing that they did this shit. Like that was them. They beat their wife, they beat their kids and Maybe they didn't want to, but they still did it. And so like reaping what you sow in those moments is so hard, especially when, you know, you're, you're later on in your life and your children don't want anything to do with you really. And it just, you know, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. And I have empathy for someone in that experience too. So very emotional movie, Sam. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, it's this this scene was also like my favorite by far. Um, and f- mostly because of how I think it's a trauma response, but I also think there are conversations being had on the internet and everywhere else about the male gaze versus the female gaze. And I think that this really shows. For, for me, at the very least, what the female gaze can be, um, it's Tom Hardy taking care of his father. Like in that moment, I was like, I've never been more attracted to this man in my life because he was just being so like caring and nurturing, obviously as a trauma response. But I still think like, you know, that's 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 an example I'll point to if we ever get into a conversation about this, because I do think that that's exactly it. Um, but you know, Tommy looks like someone who doesn't give a shit about his family, right? He's certainly duty bound to his father. I think his reactions to Brendan stems from deep, deep love and hurt. So I think that despite what he says, like, were you in the core? If you weren't, you're not my brother. I don't know these kids. I think that it's actually like really hurting him deep down that he was able to build a stable life without Tommy. And so the hurt stems from love. <laughs> yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And also complicates it further when, he, as he expresses uh, in that scene on the beach in Atlantic City, when the two of them first meet in the movie, he's saying to him, like, look, you were briefed. You understood that, like, we were going to go with mom, but you chose this uh, girlfriend of yours. And he's like, well, that's not just a girlfriend to me now. That's my wife and the mother of my children. Like, that was my choice. Uh, but Tommy not being able to accept that, um, not because, not necessarily because he hates his brother, but that he felt they were both victims of his father fleeing his abuse. And then Brendan stayed behind. Mm-hmm. And it's also, he was 14. Like, 
14 and feeling betrayed by your brother and if not dealing with those feelings have to immediately take care of your mother that falls ill in a really unstable household. It, Cause it doesn't sound like it was um, like a one place and they had money. It sounds like it was um, almost nomadic in a sense. And there were frequent times where they didn't have electricity or they didn't have water, things like that. That is hard. And, you know, for all we know, Tommy could still be in the state of experiencing that trauma over and over again where Brendan's not. Anyway, how much more can I say about Tommy and how much I love this character? <laughs> um, that's what I have to really talk about. But is there anything else about this movie that you thought was worthwhile to mention? I was just going to say, I think the I enjoyed the subplot of the teacher, of the teacher turned you know, weeknight fighter. And I think the kind of family drama that plays out of the home's going to get foreclosed on. Um, and the bank teller play or the bank person played by, um, what's his name? He's been in lots of things. Uh, fuck. He's in the Americans and I, his name. Is it Noah something, I think. Um, no, anyway. uh, Emmerich, uh, Noel Emmerich or Joel Emmerich or something like that. <laughs> Anyway, so I, I was like I'm trying to look uh, it up. So the family drama that I think happens there is really interesting with his job and like what he's putting on the line. Since Tom Hardy, since Tommy is a, is a man of few words, I think it was in, you know smart to kind of put more of this like talky family drama onto Joel and like how fighting is intersecting with his life and what the fighting, what fighting means to him and his family. Um, so I just like enjoyed that subplot. Then also how the kids come back because they want to cheer him on. You know, because he was suspended without pay. He'll come back next semester. But that doesn't help his house being foreclosed on in, like, 90 days. Um, and so I think there was, like, some nice, like, tension building, stakes being set up. Um, take the time to see some of that family drama that has a different flavor, uh, a family drama than what we see with Tommy and his dad. So I thought that was, like, a nice kind of plotty subplot to kind of anchor Joel's character in and to... You know, it, for me, it didn't feel like it weighed the movie down, but enhanced Joel's character. Yeah, I mean, I think it also balanced the storylines of of um, Tommy and Brendan. You, we talked a lot about Tommy's situation and 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 how he really has no financial or emotional safety net. You know, his situation is really precarious, and I think that delving into Brendan's family life and also the precariousness of his financial situation, I think also adds to uh, that they're, yeah, the, the, the both are struggling with balancing family and the fact that they could really benefit from the monetary earnings of the, of the, of these fights and winning this championship. So I, I didn't see his family and teaching life as sort of an add on to his character. I saw that pretty fundamental to understanding who he was yeah agreed uh also real quickly adding that um the way that it's shot and again the the sort of like very almost like not not documentary but just like very raw um cinematography of the of the filmmaking and the sort of film grain that applies itself no matter what transfer i watched it i tried to watch it on like two different formats and both times that film grain is there which is really great really merges um, the stunt actors and fighters versus our lead actors. So those fights feel very convincing in that way. Uh, but also just really quick note is like, uh, we, we've been talking about the sports drama for like uh, almost an hour. We're mostly talking about the characters and that's really awesome. That's a real strength of a sports drama. And I think one that this movie really nails uh, in exploring the individuals behind uh, the athleticism that is supposed to be our, our, or that is, that is broadly advertises our focus for a movie. And, and to be fair, I don't give a shit about MMA, like literally at all. So I really don't know what brought me to watch this movie, but I'm so glad I did. I also like that the movie like acknowledges some assumptions people who aren't huge fans of MMA might make about who's fighting. And like in the scene when, the principal is is essentially like uh, telling Brendan, like, you're going to get fired because the school found out that you've been fighting in this parking lot uh, outside of this bar. Uh, and like, I can't believe you're fighting with a bunch of these animals. And essentially, Brendan is like, well, I was one of those. Like, essentially being like, 
you know, these are the assumptions that you're making about my, me, my past people, like what I'm doing, you know, you see different people's responses to it. his wife is like, I don't want you to die. You know, so it's not just like uh, a, a uniform, I guess, presentation of like MMA and who does it. But I, I think you, you get, it does a good job of like subverting some like uh, assumptions that are like counteracting some assumptions that like the principal or people who don't watch MMA might have uh, about the whole sport. And, and maybe people that I, I feel like I've been tackling the movie through character, mostly because I don't know a whole lot of the wor- about the world of MMA. And somebody who's probably a big fan is probably could talk a more about the specifics of how the movie's blocked and how the fighting scenes are blocked. And that would actually be kind of interesting to like hear someone's take who like knows all about those particular fights um, and assess the movie through that lens. But yeah, I was more just rolling right through the, yeah, through the character development. One other detail I wanted to bring up about this teacher fighting subplot is that it also touches on the idea of like, teachers don't make enough fucking money. This dude is like a smart high school physics teacher at this like nice school living in Philadelphia or the Philly suburbs. And, you know, his daughter got sick with a heart disease or needed heart surgery of some sort. And they had to like get another mortgage on their house, like to pay for this. And, you know, he has to, you know, moonlight as this boxer, as this fighter. And, you know, his wife, played by the awesome Jennifer Morrison, um, was like, oh, I thought, you know, like the assumption is that he was, and you know, kind of the lie was that he was a bouncer at this kind of like pretty tame bar. And he said, well, I went to apply and it was only $9 an hour, but I can make so much more in just one fight. And so it's like, what are, I think it's also just like the idea of like the modern American family, like struggling to get by. Um, trying to work an honest living, but needing to do these, what other folks in society view as like, no, you shouldn't be, a teacher should not be fighting weekends, uh, fighting in the bar parking lot on the weekends. Like that's not an appropriate thing for a teacher to do is what, but what else can he do? What other choice does he have? He wants to be a good father to, you know, we're not moving into an apartment. We're keeping this house. This is our home. Like we're not going to give up on each other. Takes out a second mortgage to save his daughter. Um, you know, someone who's really trying to fight hard for his family probably is a response to feeling like his dad didn't fight hard for him. And also not without precedence. There was a, uh, I believe, a high school teacher who also uh, moonlighted as an MMA fighter who really rose through the ranks, actually. Oh, so many layers. So many. Okay, well, folks, this was a really wonderful conversation. Um, I would encourage everyone listening to give this movie a watch. Let us know how you like it, how it goes. You can reach us at uh, butterwiththatpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram uh, at butterwiththat, on Twitter at butterwiththat1. Please talk to us. We want to hear from you. Um, Thanks to my co-hosts for a really wonderful conversation. And uh, have a great whatever. You got the son of a bitch! (laughs) Turn the boat around! Turn the boat around!